0: Welcome to Whiskey Talk, Malts and Music, brought to you by the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, here in the vaults in Leith. My name is Mick Galloway, I'm a broadcaster, author, musician and music journalist. And the idea of this podcast is to bring together single cast, cast strength, whiskeys and music I ask creative people to pair up four drams with four pieces of music, we discuss their selections, and we go off on tangents into their lives and careers. I hope you enjoy. Sláinte Welcome to Maltz & Music, James Yorkston. Hello, Vic. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, uh, good to have you here. Now, James, we should say uh, straight away, right at the beginning of this podcast, that you and I are old pals. Very old friends, yeah, yeah. I think I've known you longer than my own brother. So I've known you since I was about three years old. Yeah. Uh, We've made music together. We go back right to the beginning of our lives, pretty much. Um, So there probably will be the occasional comment or whatever that people might go, that sounds a bit over-familiar.
1: Right, yeah, yeah. But there you have
0: it. Uh, Now, James, pairing up music and whiskey is quite a a kind of esoteric, odd concept. How have you found the process?
1: Well, I've enjoyed it. But, I mean, I didn't uh, didn't approach it with any particular scientific... uh, uh, manner yeah. I, I just uh, I tasted the the whiskey and I, I just the first thing that came to my mind I, I wrote down I, th- I thought that was the obvious and best way to do it that's exactly I've, I've enjoyed yeah. it you know it's been nice trying these uh, different whiskies and it's been good listening to the music again and also perhaps getting a few things to you that you might not have heard because uh, you're obviously very knowledgeable in your music taste
0: well no I mean as I say, you and I go back a long way, and I still have compilation tapes that you made me on cassette. I still got them all in the collection, (laughs) and you've always turned me on to music that I've never heard before, and hopefully vice versa. Yeah, of course, of course, But but certainly, you know, one of the reasons I'm into reggae, for example, um, is partly John Peel, but partly your your good self. Yeah, but,
1: but I mean, for me, obviously, it was my brother. One of my elder brothers was... Into reggae, so he passed it on to me. I mean, it's just how music just, works. Yeah, it's you? just how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've always dug deep and you've always
0: gone down musical paths that a lot of my other friends and associates don't go down. So you always present music, which, you know, sometimes I dislike it, yeah, sometimes yeah. I absolutely fall in love with it. But that's, yet again... The yeah,
1: I've the always had that mining thing where I like going back, trying to find beautiful things within, deep in the mine, you know. And that quite often that means going back to the earliest version especially with traditional music so you can hear the kind of purest version but also on a track like um, uh, King Crimson you know the track Red Mm -hmm. Uh, I remember playing you that and the first half it just sounds like a really sort of Dire Straits light, and then the very heavy guitar solo comes in and just tears it up. You know. Oh yeah, Starless and Bible. Starless and Bible Black. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, on the on the Red yeah. album. This was though, twenty yeah. years ago. Twenty yeah, yeah. years ago. No, and but I it's st- stuff like that 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 I've always had this thing about finding, and uh, somehow I find it, I don't know, more valuable than if you go straight to a Paul McCartney album where it's going to be lots and lots of great songs, lots and lots of hits. Somehow, if it's in amongst the kind of noise and the Garbage. I've always appreciated it more.
0: Yeah, well, and uh, I I think if you've got one of those inquisitive minds, which you obviously do, then you you keep instinctively digging and looking. I mean, you know, now at home I listen to a lot of jazz and a lot of African music and stuff, which perhaps even ten years ago I was listening to less of, you know. Uh, It's just the way things work. Anyway, we're here to discuss whiskey and music, and we've got four drams. Four pieces of music without giving the game away straight away. Um, <laughs> you are also, as well as a massive music fan, you're a whiskey fanatic as well. And you're one of the first people that I know of my sort of generation that really went into whiskey like a good 10, 15 years ago. Like really oh, emerged, it, was maybe than, even it was longer than that. Than
1: yeah. that. It was 25, yeah. almost 30 years ago, I remember... You know, you grow up and you don't really know, or I didn't really know anything about whiskey. But then the interesting bottles started uh, landing on my lap, gifts from people. And then I, th- I seem to remember the first one I got, which really showed me that whiskey could be very different, was, of course, Lagavulin, which is one of the one of the main ones for people as a sort of gateway to help my all this this tastes completely different mm-hmm. to what we'd had up until that time, which was, you know, the bells and all that sort of stuff, you know. Yeah. Uh, so that was a big one for me. But then I remember also getting bottles of Irish whiskey um, from uh, relatives and really struggling through this kind of supermarket stuff but finding something within it. Mm-hmm. And uh, the lack of money and the quantities of whiskey just led me to drinking more whiskey. Yeah, yeah.
0: But no, you're absolutely, and and you're not the first person to say a lot of people, and myself included, once you've gone past the, you know, the blends and and the sort of basic you know, bells and grouse and all that stuff with no disrespect to them of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the really heavily peated oh, stuff, yeah, yeah. the LaFroigs, the villains, they blow your mind. Yeah, of course. And then, of course, you, you realise yeah. you don't have to have that extremity yeah. at all times. We do have, out of the four drams... A, but they're
1: a, like the biggest fireworks. Yeah. We have know. a
0: peated one towards the end. Yeah. But yeah. let's go into dram number one, which is, uh, as with the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society, has a brilliant uh, title, Flowers Crushed by a Falling Oak Tree, 73... Uh, point one two eight is the cast number uh, and here's a little bit of chat about it It says our introduction was adorned with honeysuckle potpourri and apple blossom the sweet fragrance from which blended with toffee apples green herbs and lemon sponge cake topped with milk chocolate that's just a little taster of some of the of the uh, more you know verbose tasting notes what do you think about the tasting notes do you like the stuff of that
1: oh yeah i think they're hilarious Right. I mean, uh, I, uh, it's funny that the words that I had there was cho- I had chocolate in there as well. Um, no, I love I love playing with language. Yeah, you know, and that's kind of nonsensical, but at the same time, it's good fun. Good fun, yeah. And I think it, one's allowed to have fun. Yeah. So well, no, I'm all I'm all for. I'm all for. Um, so this is part of
0: the juicy oak and vanilla oh, flavor yeah, and profile. Uh, it's a Speyside. it's... Yeah. alcohol. It's uh, a 10 year old as well, and it's a second fill ex bourbon barrel. So, there's some of the facts and figures for you.
1: The apple comes out straight away. Yeah,
0: on the nose, definitely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is quite fruity, actually. Um, Now, you've tasted all these, obviously, to pair them up. I'm tasting them for the first time.
1: All right, okay. Well, good luck.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Okay, cheers. Mmm regular listeners or viewers will will hear think, me going mm,
1: quite a lot in these i think podcasts. that's the first time ever in our relationship where there's been five seconds of silence you know that <laughs> one, of, one of the other of us has been jumping in with a with some quip or other this is obviously this is wonderful whiskey this yeah. is a great tasting very subtle a tiny bit of fire at the end yeah but the chocolate is there the mm. apple is there mm. it's um
0: A, I don't think, you know, some drams are quite, you know, alcohol heavy on the nose or on the, at yeah, the front yeah. of the mouth. As you say, it does have a bit of fire and a kick at yeah, the back. Yeah, at the
1: back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
0: it's it's not, it doesn't feel, considering it's almost 60% alcohol, it does not feel too yeah. alcohol heavy.
1: This would be great after after a heavy meal. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. nice, nice and light. It's quite sweet as well.
0: Um, I quite like a. Uh, a, a whiskey as an aperitif as well sometimes it gets my sort of flavor buds going um a, a nice single malt and i could i could even have this before a meal half an hour before um so you paired this up with ted lucas it's so easy when you know what you're doing yeah yeah now doing my research finding out what you've chosen and having a listen here's an artist you mentioned there's a couple of things that i may not have heard before this is one of them um I've done a little bit of, you know, searching around. Ted Lucas was songwriter, singer and guitarist from Detroit, who, um, and, and originally, and he played on, he was a session guitarist, played on some Motown records, including R. Dean Taylor, maybe he played on. Oh, really? Ghost in My House. Patrick. Really?
1: Wow, that'd be amazing if that was him on that. Yeah,
0: and, and with various bands that he was in, he ended up supporting Zappa, Yes!, um, all sorts of different people of that time but this is from a kind of acoustic folky psych folk solo yeah. record tell me about, how did you discover this
1: I can't. I have no idea how I how I first uh, heard his music but it's um the album was made as far as I can remember to show off his songwriting but it's an album that sounds it's so slow and the harmonies are so sweet and uh and uh chocolatey Mm -hmm. and uh, there's a song in it uh called and um, the title may be slightly wrong it's so nice to be stoned (laughs) yeah and that sums up the the album really it's so nice to be stoned so you've got this really lovely flowing melody going along with the close harmonies on and they're like perfect songs i know you like seven or eight of them and they're perfect perfect songs but then so and this was his example he's like hey i'm a songwriter man people take my songs I've no idea if that's what you sounded like (laughs) just imagine but then the other side there's a two terrible pieces of music there's Mm -hmm. like a long rag thing which isn't as far as I mean it's not a rag I recognise I wouldn't claim to be an expert but it's not something I recognise in any way and then there's like a horrible funky thing Mm -hmm. which sounds like a sort of uh, stone thing at a party where it was one guy doing sort of basic kind of funk and there's one guy playing a Bongos, you right, you know, know, yeah, yeah. just really terrible things. Yeah, but the songs are worth the Well, th- this
0: one, obviously, you chose this, so I had to listen to the album as well. But I specifically listened to this one. It sounds like an utterly classic song, and it sounds mm. very simple. You know, that's again, you can't beat just a really straightforward song with a beautiful, catchy melody and great harmony. And it has its. it's I believe he released this in 1975 and no one really paid yeah, much yeah, yeah, attention yeah, yeah, yeah. to it. And then it's it sort of caught people's ear. I think it was re-released in 2010 or something like that, as far as I know.
1: Right, but OK. Th-
0: it's really accessible.
1: I mean- oh, yeah. The first half, it's a good example, actually, to young musicians out there. The first half is perfect. And I don't know if maybe he had another five or six songs which were... Really bad, or something. Yeah. But he hasn't put those on. Instead, he's put this this junk at the end. Yeah. But because of that, you focus on the on the amazing stuff at the beginning. I've got mm-hmm. no idea if he's still alive or anything like that. But if you like really mellow, stone-sounding acoustic folk pop, then it's uh, it's an unbeatable album.
0: It's it's very, as you say, it's very poppy in its own kind of, you know, almost late sixties, even though it is mid seventies. But it's it's is it so really mid 70s I would, have, I would yeah. have placed it maybe in
1: 1968 or something yeah I would have like done that. the same
0: like if, if I hadn't sort of looked into it a little yeah, bit yeah, yeah. but um, perhaps you know he, he, he didn't seem to have any success with it so maybe he recorded it and wrote it in the late 60s and released it five years
1: later I you can't think. imagine him having success with it though. it's such an odd record I mean the songs are incredible but they're not they're not going to be songs like uh, Paul Simon or Bob Dylan or something yeah. where people are going to go running after them. It's I, it's like yeah. it's like kind of uh, oral valium. Yeah. It, 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 I mean it, it's
0: a uh, So why I mean you you mentioned chocolatey why pair it with this particular dram then? Was it just like the the kind of easiness of it? Yeah.
1: No, that's exactly it. I mean, as I said at the beginning, I wasn't I wasn't uh I didn't want to try and be too clever with what was going on here i mean later on in fact the next one i, I actually pair with an, an irish singer you know yeah. and it's obviously not irish music uh, not irish whiskey um it was just the the easiness of it that's yeah. exactly it. i mean it's a very easy album and if i made a whiskey and i was uh Paired with Ted Lucas, I'd be over the moon with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah I think yeah. Oh, that's cool. Well, he's an
0: introduction to me, and that, I mean, this brilliant uh, doing this podcast with various different guests over the last you know few months is that is being introduced to new music, yeah, 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 like, yeah. new old music. I can tell you, he did pass away in 1992, so 30 oh, um, years ago, unfortunately. Sorry about but, that. Um, he seems to have been making music right to the end, and he had like this varied career, and being a session guitarist yeah, 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 yeah. on Motown records, amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but I would on the strength of this song it's so easy when you know what you're doing and go into the album have a listen I don't think people will be disappointed I think they'll be like pleasantly surprised
1: I would hope so I mean if yeah absolutely yeah Um, it's very easy it's great very easy pop songwriting you know one of the things about listening to music I find is if if you're somewhere safe that you can trust I'm talking about musically mm -hmm. it's such a easy place to be in Uh, as a listener, and if you compare that to an overworked... So much of of today's music, but so much of today's music because of digital thing, it gets worked and reworked and reworked, and songwriters, they feel the need to really pile things on, trying to get that extra percentage out, but really they're just making it worse and worse. I think the beauty is in the song, and with these Ted Lucas recordings... It's it's so easy because he yeah. knows what he's doing. Yeah,
0: yeah, uh, you, you're absolutely. It's a it's a very aptly named song as well. Um, before we move on to dram number two, um, which uh, dram number one's almost gone from mine. I, uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't feel any any need to finish them all. Uh, no, all I'll
1: drink way. at my own speed. Thank you yeah, very much. Um,
0: but uh, as I said right at the beginning, we know each other. Uh, tell us, you know, where you grew up, and and you know. It's the East Nuket Five. Yeah, the
1: East Nicker Five, King's Bands and the East Nicker Five. Yeah. and yeah. I mean we moved there when we were when I was um, three, I think. Mm-hmm. Beforehand we'd been in Cooper and then we'd been um, down and up. And my family are from all over. My mother was born in um, uh, Egypt. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's it's just my family from all over. We come both of them, both lines well my father's line uh, goes via Wales, but both lines Come down from Aberdeenshire, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm I'm sort of yeah here now, you know. Yeah,
0: but uh, I mean, growing <laughs> up in uh, Kings Barnes, obviously, my childhood home was directly opposite. Yeah, yeah, to yeah. Us. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I remember when you know, as as young as I was, when your family moved opposite, because you're one of
1: seven. Yeah,
0: so. Wasn't quite seven children at that point, but there were, I was like, "Wow, loads of people to play with," yeah, 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 and that's yeah. exactly what happened. There was loads of games of TIG and. Oh yeah, you know?
1: I mean, I remember most of our our, our shared childhood being wonderful. You yeah, know? I mean, and you were definitely missed when you left the village because I mean, there wasn't much to do in the village. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, I mean, we, yeah, we were best friends for. A good few years, mm. you know. And the fact we're still talking here is a yeah. testament We don't to hate that. each other too much, yeah. But then we were in, we were in bands together in our 20s, which yeah. uh, never went anywhere, which no. uh, is good and bad. You know, I've, I've got friends now, sort of my sort of age, who've had kind of bands that have done well, people like Steve Mason, Malcolm Middleton, um, uh, Martin Carr. You know, they, they had their hits when they were younger. And there's a part of me that thinks that would have been nice if we had had a band in in our 20s that we could have, hey, should we do a reunion thing? But it never happened. I mean, we were were never... We
0: worked hard. We tried our best. We really did. Um, There's also part of me that thinks that perhaps if any, if that first, you know, one of those first bands had, really taken off whether we'd still be here to tell the yeah bands. yeah absolutely we were, we were f- a bit more wild back
1: oh 100% then. and, and I, I ended up signing to Domino who have been an incredible label to me and uh, who knows if I would have signed to Domino if I'd been known as the bass player from the Fox. Miracle Head yeah. or yeah, yeah yeah
0: one of those bands um, so I finished the first round okay uh, well congratulations so I'm not, I'm not it's not a race <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so growing up in Fife it was kind of you sort of mentioned it was kind of idyllic in some ways by the beach forest not much to do
1: good place to the way I always
0: see it is sort of your imagination
1: yeah I mean lit. I remember one of the things I remember really clearly is when we had very snowy winters And we'd be stuck in the... We'd be stuck in Kingsbarns. You couldn't get out of Kingsbarns. All the roads were closed. And we'd be off out with the sledges and just walking for hours to find a hill. Yeah. Uh, Even though the hills weren't very far away just because, you know, we were young and there was lots of snow. And... uh, no, I remember it being quite idyllic, really. Yeah, you know. Up until I remember a age.
0: lying on the front lawn, and my, uh, you know, parents, you know, just outside the, the front of the house, and just staring up at the, watching the clouds moving yeah, yeah, slowly. Yeah. You know, i and just not having a care in the world, and just letting my imagination, you know, let loose and run wild. And we obviously found music. Yeah, I yeah, always yeah. say this as well. If we'd fa- if we if we'd had the internet when we were Young lads, we would have known everything yeah, about yeah, every yeah, kind yeah, of music yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. But that that really informed our our world. Oh
1: yeah. Now I remember your father's record collection. I remember he was very into. Obviously, he was in a lot, into a lot of different music, but at the time, I remember he was very into rock and roll. Yeah. And I remember dancing around on your lawn, listening to I think it was Bill Justice or someone like that. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, and just. That sort of exposure to music, I remember, being very important and the, the enthusiasm of uh, of youth. What is this? Mm. Listen to that. You know, and it's these guys going... Ding, 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 and they're dancing around and just getting really excited by it, you know. And that I guess that was a huge thing for me. It probably was for you as well, having somebody else living as close who was equally enthused and uh, fell in love with music. You yeah. know, if I'd been into... Actually, I prefer tractors, Mike. Can we yeah, go and yeah. look at the tractors? Yeah. Then we may not have fallen in quite as. Uh, I mean, I do love tractors, you understand. Nothing wrong with tractors. But but not as much as uh, as I love no, music.
0: It, it was. There was some kind of weird synergy going on. Um, growing up in the middle of absolute nowhere, really, realistically, um, and both sort of, well, initially climbing trees and going sledging and playing on, you know, riding a BMX and stuff, and then discovering. Adam and the Ants and yeah, yeah, all of that. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you, you know, growing up in Fife, moving to Edinburgh, yeah and, yeah, and and playing in bands together and that kind of stuff. You've ended up back in Fife as well. Do you, do you see yourself as Fife for life for 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 the rest of time, or do you think? Yeah, you could-
1: I do. I mean, I'd be very if if I have to move from Fife, it'll, something would have gone. Uh, I don't want to say wrong. I don't want to tempt fate, but yeah, I. I i can't i I absolutely love living in Mm cellardyke it's so quiet and uh peaceful and my studio is right by the water and the kids can walk to school and uh there's not much to do not much to spend money on you know i still spend a lot of time on the road so i'm away from fife quite a lot but uh no i absolutely adore it there i love edinburgh you know i love edinburgh and uh Three weeks ago I had a couple of nights in Edinburgh in the middle of the tour and we were staying up near Morningside Way and I I was walking around those old big houses and things and remembering how much I loved going for long walks in Edinburgh and the smells when the rain's been coming down, you know, and, uh, and the architecture. You know, there's some great things about Edinburgh but it was a funny thing I had like a calling to go back to Fife yeah. it, was, it was I'd been in Edinburgh for almost as long as I'd been in Fife and I was like ah, yeah. and I had to move back and I've, I've never once regretted it and the difference is I've always used this as an example the train from Lucas I mean from uh, London to Waverley takes about four and a half hours and then it's about an, an extra hour to get to Lucas and then a half hour drive to my house and I've never missed that that hour, I've never begrudged that hour I've never mm-hmm. thought, bloody hell, I wish I'd stayed in Toll Cross still, yeah. I'm delighted to be in Fife, absolutely lovely
0: well you never know, you might have your old neighbour become a neighbour again one day, because I'd quite like to go back to Fife if, if uh, things allow, but you never know, let's move on to dram number two um, which is uh, called A Day at the Fun Fair um, it's a nine year old Highland whisky Uh, alcohol uh, content is 58.9 it's the spicy and sweet profile Um, it's 9 years old as I say, recharred hogshead cask and here are just a couple of tasting notes. We imagined a sunny day at the fun fair, queuing for candy floss with the wind carrying a whiff of chestnuts roasting on an open fire. <laughs> uh, on the pallet, we moved on and had grapes on a skewer dipped in chili white chocolate with a mug of steaming, hot white mulled wine. Uh, so many you know descriptions in there within two sentences. Um, yeah, how did you find this then? It's 68.49 uh, a day at the fun fair.
1: So, when I was... Uh, I don't normally drink Irish whiskey. I've never really been a fan of it. There's there's a few things I've had over the years which I've enjoyed, but uh, I've never really been a fan. I remember flying over to Dublin once and uh, uh, doing a long interview that happened to be held in a distillery, and I was wondering what was going on. Why is it in a distillery? And then there was lots of photos, and I was like standing beside the, the barrels. Why am I beside the barrels? All this sort of stuff. And... Uh, and then the thing came out, and it was an advertising promotion. And all the time, the guy had been asking me what I thought about Irish whiskey, and I was like, I'm not really into it. You know, there's that whole kind of cat thing that I don't mm-hmm. like. The kind of um, I used to work in a kennel, so the catteries, and there was, there's the smell of the cattery came through the Irish whiskey too much. Oh, right, wow. So, uh, That's certainly not a good recommendation. No, no, it's not <laughs> a good recommendation. Um, so I've never been a fan of Irish whiskey. This, obviously, is scotch. Yeah. But the first thing I smelled was something in there that really reminds me of Irish whiskey okay but not in a bad way not in a bad way right and okay. so my notes were subtle Irish and then palmer violet and then candy floss as you said well candy because floss because there has- is that smell of the fair and palmer violet I said palmer violet I? lavender um, there is that smell that reminds me of uh uh do you remember the Lammas in St Andrews?
0: Oh, it's funny because the Lammas Fair, uh, as soon as it said Fun Fair in the title, I was thinking. Oh, did it
1: say Fun Fair in the title? Yeah, as yeah. Well? I
0: was at the Lammas Fair in St Andrews. I mean, it's like a, it's a rites of passage yeah, for yeah, the Lammas anyone. market. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyone, anyone growing up in East Newcastle Fife has uh, been to the Lammas Fair and Lammas Market, uh, which takes over uh, the main two streets in St Andrews. And um, great fun when you're a kid. I, I'm t- like as I say, this is the first time uh, tasting these, and on the nose, immediate sort of sweetness, candy floss, if you like. It's 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 almost like a yeah, it's that like that kind of saccharine sweet kind of very nice nose. I mean, oh yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm going in for a taste. How strong is it? Um, what, what, what did I say before? 58.9 Okay, I'm just
1: going to put a wee drop in. See what happens. Yeah. And of course, it. Normally, I, I would drink. I mean, I love cast strength whiskey, yeah. you because know, one of the things I love is the alcohol, which yeah. is why it's such a dangerous thing, you know. Yeah. The, but the actual alcohol itself is, is uh, such an attractive thing. But, um, oh, wow.
0: Does it. I, I might follow you in that. I tend not to add too much water to my whiskey. I just. It, it, it all depends, but uh, something like this is very easy sipping. I yeah, mean, yeah, no, if this flowers is what... crushed by a falling oak tree, ground number one. <laughs> this is—I think this is even easier to, to.
1: Yeah, no, this is very smooth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm.
0: If it—if the water changes it quite distinctly, I might try a bit as well.
1: What's that? There's something. Mm.
0: Even the nose, uh, you know, it smells different when you add some water on this one.
1: Yeah, no, that's a that's a very drinkable
0: isn't it just? now you, <laughs> no, so you've so you've mentioned Irish whiskey and you've paired this that with isn't Irish obviously that isn't Irish whiskey. no but you've yeah, yeah, you mentioned sort yeah, of yeah. as a theme yeah, Ireland yeah, yeah, yeah. and yeah. you've chosen uh, an Irish singer here yeah, 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 uh, yeah Elizabeth Cronin Bess Cronin yeah and you've gone for a little pack, the little pack of tailors. Yeah, right? yeah,
1: because it was the only one on uh, Spotify. But
0: <laughs> yeah, but, but it, a cl- classic example, not that I'm a world expert in best crooned, but yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. this is a cappella. This is her singing. Yeah, uh, yeah.
1: unaccompanied. Yeah.
0: yeah. yeah. And uh, t- you, you mentioned right at the beginning of the podcast that you, you go to the source, you try and find the unadorned, like the, the primal, the, the, the essence of a kind of music. Yeah, yeah. And this sounds like that. Yeah, this is
1: uh, it's Shanos, which is uh, the old-style, unaccompanied uh, music from uh, Ireland, really. And uh, Bess Conan, Elizabeth Conan, was um, a singer from Cork, Kerry, sort of way. And she, um, she was recorded twice, one by uh, Alan Lomax. And I think he recorded this, uh, Little Pack of Tailors, which is a great song. Yeah. yeah. Little Pack of Tailors. And she's got such a lovely... Soft voice, and because she's an Irish speaker, um, by I love birth, the fact she sort of
0: pauses for breath as yeah, well. Yeah, you know, but it's... she's
1: kind. Of, some of it, it's uh, she's she's singing in such a, a syrupy, not syrupy is the wrong word, such a fluid accent um, that some of it sounds like she's singing in reverse, which is something I adore. And she's she's one of my favorite ever singers. I mean, I'll I'll, I'll sit down and listen to her her output just all the way through, you know. And and she bought some incredible versions of. Uh, of songs too things which have become very well known in the uh, traditional canon things like The Good Ship Kangaroo you know that she brought through and uh, so that's why that's why she's there she's always on my mind she's one of the favourite one of the best singers for me she's the essence of everything that I like almost about music which Mm -hmm. is right down to the beginning and there's no um, I love a good vocalist I love um, do you know The X Factor that programme (laughs) <laughs> do you know when people go on the X Factor and they've, they've got these incredible voices and they can do all that gymnastics and stuff I love that and I'd love to be able to do those vocal gymnastics you know mm-hmm. but I can't and uh, someone like Elizabeth Cronin it's just its just like she's barely opening her mouth you know mm-hmm. and she's just singing very very quietly and fortunately for us Seamus Ennis um, the great pipe player um, um, Julian Pipe player he also recorded her and he got a lot of the long ballads out of her as well. So, mm-hmm. so there's an incredible, there's a wealth of of uh, apparently
0: of there are eighty um, song recordings of her uh, of her. But they're, they're, you know she no doubt knew way more than eighty songs. Hmm. But apparently there are eighty songs in an archive. Some most of which are public, but there's some private stuff as well. Which, I mean, someone like yourself might one day have access to you. They'll go, oh, James, come in, listen to this song. Would you be interested in maybe doing your own version of it? That's the kind of thing that can potentially happen. You, yeah, you I
1: don't know if there's 80. I mean, that's, that seems as though there's a bit more than, than I than I know of. But uh, I know there are some that they've kept in the family. And maybe they're, they're not uh, hmm. great quality or or great quality recordings-wise. Or maybe they're, they're different versions. Um, she had... Um, her work was put out maybe... 20 years I can say 25 years ago but I could be wrong it a lovely book on Four Courts Press which was a whole book about the songs and all the different versions and then it had two CDs at the end and this was the thing this was the goal the CDs yeah. and the book was very interesting but unfortunately the book had a few um, tiny, tiny little mistakes in. It. like um, the notations that were shown were from different versions that she had sang and because of that it, it got a one, high-profile, critical kicking. So, Well, the
0: purists are are, are always going to take something like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. If yeah, there's yeah, any yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. discrepancies here. So
1: that book went out of print, and it's been impossible to get. I managed to get a copy despite putting a search on eBay, you know, if best coding ever comes up. So I got I got a message saying, oh, there's a thing, so I put a bid on, and I was lucky to win it. Again, maybe 20 years ago or something. Uh, an extraordinary singer, and if... I think if you're at all interested in, in Irish music, then you're already going to know her music because mm-hmm. she, she's the source for a lot of it. But if you don't, or if you just love um, vocalists, or you love traditional music from around the world, like I do, then she's and you don't know her stuff. Then wow,
0: yeah, um, and it is unadorned, and it is you know just vocal and unaccompanied, and it's 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 extraordinary. It's like listening to. A slice of history. I yeah, mean, yeah, she was yeah. born in the, 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 the sort of nineteenth century. You know, she she died in the middle of the twentieth century. So she spans time, mm. and the, the music sounds like you're listening to ancient Ireland. Yeah. It? Oh, absolutely, uh, so, absolutely. Uh, uh, and I think it goes well with this whiskey as well.
1: I uh, I ended up uh, singing a few songs with uh, one of her grand uh, daughters in the, in a pub in West Cork. Mm. Uh, it was myself and Ali Roberts and uh, oh, yeah. um, and then everyone else who was in the pub so uh, her granddaughter because we'd done a gig together I can't remember her name my apologies um, her granddaughter sang a few songs it was amazing and then it went around the pub and everyone would shut up and listen to the singers and they're all mostly really good and there was a couple of people who did some kind of country and western stuff but they was really well sang and it was mm-hmm. all unaccompanied And uh, and I was... Terrified, you know, and I was almost at the end of the line. And Ali did an incredible version of Lord Gregory, which was one of her songs, and and he just he he just nailed it. He was perfect. And he's and like
0: it, he's a sort of an Ali Roberts, Alistair Roberts is, you know, someone that, that is discovered traditional folk music and really is is a very great interpreter. Yeah, of those songs yeah. I mean, his his day. father was
1: a traditional musician and. uh and uh, no Ali's very much into it a, a lot uh, he you, studies it and he works at it a lot more than I,
0: I how did you discover this kind of because we grew up as we mentioned Adam and ants and uh, you know madness and things like that we got into as kids and then we discovered punk rock so sex pistols the Damned, the clash buzzcocks etc we our first gig was the damned um, <laughs> exciting stuff life changing actually but then you know as we played in groups we got into all sorts of different music but you definitely discovered and it led you on your own acoustic music path in a way yeah you yeah. discovered Folk music, traditional music, uh, and what was it that attracted you to that? I mean, and, and why get into that particular thing?
1: I think, I think the answer is that in the in the sixties, in the mid sixties, my father won half a house in the poker match, mm-hmm. or so he says. How true yeah. this is, we don't know, but this is one of his stories after a couple of drams. And uh, so we had this house just outside Skibbereen, and when he first got it, those barely a roof there was no running water there was no electricity so we went there every summer from from when I was born basically onwards I mean there's photos of me down there in the pram um, and I remember going there most summers not every summer but most summers up until the age of uh, 16 17 18 and then I started going down I went down with you a couple yeah, of times yeah, we went on a songwriting retreat And uh, it was a Guinness drinking a retreat, Guinness drinking retreat. <laughs> yeah well that was it but but the thing with traditional music, for me, I've always thought it was because we would go to the pub nearby, which was called the Old Court, and there'd be music playing. And, you know, music is such a... It, it can be such an emotional thing. It can, it, it's, it's, it's in the part of your brain that brings back memories and stuff, you know. And I think that I was looking for music that reminded me of the music that I heard back then as yeah. a young as a young kid because the only other traditional music we ever heard was uh, Sheena Wellington Mm -hmm. who was a a friend of my father's Um, because we went to the same school as uh, as Sheena's kids so that was the only other traditional music I heard so I think it has to be that Mm -hmm. and so the first traditional music I started exploring was Irish traditional music and then Scottish and then thanks to the singing of a lady called Anne Briggs the English folk music which at the time I was like English folk music it's going to sound Elizabethan and terrible knowing nothing about it and then hearing Anne Briggs and just completely falling in love with her delivery and her voice and it was her who really started me uh, out as a singer as well because yeah. i just these songs what are these songs you know mm-hmm. they've got so much um power and beauty in them you know and it, it, you know yesterday i was listening to a young Tamling it, 10, 12 minute track that you know that she sings unaccompanied, just a, an extraordinary way of of telling stories.
0: No, and and again another artist that you introduced me to, Anne Briggs, and and likewise with Bess Cronin, and I know my brother, for example, is a huge fan of Anne Briggs yeah. now, and and that that as as you mentioned before, it's that kind of yeah, domino effect yeah. Yeah, yeah. via me, via you.
1: Well, I only got I only heard her because uh, I thought she looked pretty on the cover, you know. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I was what. Twenty something. How you know? shallow, but yes. yeah, well, absolutely. How, true. how shallow, but how <laughs> tremendous
0: records you've listened yeah, to because, yeah. one is listened to because of that. Yeah. Look, um, I think we should move on to dram number three. Uh, Best Cronin, the little pack of tailors here with a day at the fun fair. Yeah, and and listen, and I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm finishing this dram as well. No, finish, so that, finish
1: that dram. But the Spotify only has like two songs by Best Cronin on it. Uh, so find her music elsewhere. It's, she's absolutely worth tracking uh, well, down.
0: This is Malts and Music brought to you by the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society. This podcast has a playlist. Every guest... Whether they choose four or five tunes, we compile them into uh, an ongoing playlist. Go and find that playlist on Spotify. Uh, other streaming platforms available, obviously, but we tend to use Spotify. But Tidal so is
1: better, and yeah. Tidal p- pays, uh, pays the musicians ten times more money than Spotify. So well, there you go. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, That's it. Well, well I, think, I think with the next Dram, we can maybe talk a bit more. We've talked a bit about you growing up and Fife hmm. and us playing in bands and discovering music and so on. But uh, let's move on to Dram number three. Uh, you know it's it's difficult Ooh. to even say this word a curious concatenation 39.242 is the cask number it's a deep rich and dried fruits profile a first fill ex oloroso hogshead cask it's aged 11 years the alcohol uh volume is 57.8 very strong uh although not as strong as the previous two and it's a space so a curious well, can I look? Can I, how, do, how do I say? concertination? There you go. You, maybe
1: you should have had that dram at the beginning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
0: um, I, I, I've got two more to go. Um, after eight years in ex-Bourbonwood, we transferred this into a 1st fill Oloroso hogshead. The nose was a curious concatenation of stem ginger in syrup and crema catalana, rye whiskey and peach schnapps, charred wood and marmite on buttered toast, herbs and coal tar soap. There you go. They're covering a few bases on yeah, this one. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. I mean, you can, you, can, uh, you can smell the sugar in it straight away. I mean, I was going to say caramel. They used a different term, didn't they? But uh, it, it, it is a... On the nose, it's a sweet... It's a sweet whiskey, which is nice, you know? Yeah, the sweetest so far.
0: And it is darker in color. Yeah, so yeah Look yeah. at that. Oh, it smells spectacular. Now, you said at the beginning you, you were
1: drawn to... This go- is the sort of thing... Sorry. Th- no. th- that uh, when you're first taking the steps out with um, bog-standard whiskey... Oh, wow. I mean, first taking the step outside bog standard whiskey, um, something like this would be really exciting. because yeah. it's got big, big flavors. You know, this would be the sort of thing that, as a in my twenties, I'd give to somebody from Italy. You know, right? Oh, yeah, try this, man. Try this. you blow your mind. A, yeah. this is a.
0: Well, I, w- I was going to say you, you were drawn to the Lagervillians and the Lafroigs and the, the the incredibly peaty guys yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that we all know, but this is a completely different. I'm just about to have a sip. I am increasingly drawn to these kind of sherryish yeah, 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 space yeah, yeah, sides. yeah, yeah. Uh, but these are
1: big, this is big flavors in, in yeah. comparison to the last one that's what i mean it it's a very it's a very uh, not obvious but it's there you know it it's um, it fills the mouth fills the mouth it's <laughs> not got fire at the back of it no Earth. not at all no uh,
0: it, it and it's sort of palate coating yeah yeah yeah, like, yeah. Mm. yeah yeah it's a Christmas dram yeah a
1: Christmas dram. Yeah, Christmas dram. I, I would say that yeah yeah. It's a.
0: Uh... I mean, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's probably boring for people to, to for me to say, god this one's good as well." But <laughs> it, it, it is, and this is spectacular, though. This is a really rich, beautiful dram. Uh, as I say, deep, rich, and dried fruits is the flavour profile, and you have paired this up with Philippe Taban.
1: Philip Tabane, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've got no idea how his name is pronounced. Oh, oh, well. But, I mean, I've always pronounced it Philip Tabane just because Philip is Philip. And Tabane, it looks like Tabane. But, I mean, it could be anything. He, uh, well, I've given the, op- uh, the
0: opportunity to sort of go the other way. Philip Tabane.
1: Philip Tabane. Tell um, me a bit
0: about this guy. Because, again, he's quite new to me.
1: Oh, well, he's just one of these guys that... I, I, uh, I first heard maybe... 30 years ago and he's stuck with me ever since um, the reason I got his we talked about the Anne Briggs one how she was bonnie on the cover mm-hmm. so I got that one with this Philip Tobin album and that may not be how his, his name is pronounced obviously um, the one which I heard which isn't this one because Spotify didn't have it um, so uh, he's pulling a face on the cover he's kind of like this and you can see that his neck is already pulled and he's going "Ah!" and and he's there with his guitar and he just looks like whoa what is this Mm -hmm. and I remember getting it and just he gets called he was kind of um, rolled in with jazz but he never called it jazz he's a South African guitar player and singer and on this track he plays the whistle as well the tin whistle as well but his music has, he always used to say it was um, more spiritual and it was in reference to uh, his, uh, his, it was his tribal music. And he yeah, always, his ancestors. He always looked to his mother as the thing. So when they, when they said, uh, when they called it jazz, he was never really, he was never really in agreement with that. But then where else would you put it? It's quite avant-garde music.
0: Well, yeah, I, I'd not heard this until you chose this, and uh, you've introduced me to lots of African music, lots of traditional music from all around the world. But this is—it's quite a minimal piece. It's kind hmm. of thumb piano. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A little bit of—I thought it was a flute actually, but you say a whistle and his guitar. Well, maybe play. it is a flute. I but it's, it's, it's like a six-seven minute track, and you know, not much happens in it other than it, it just it ebbs and flows. It's yeah, yeah. Beautiful. And and again, I listened to the rest of the album, and there there are some other similar tracks. So yeah, 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 A couple of other slightly more pushy tracks, if you like, a little bit more themed and up tempo. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a lot of this, it's almost. I mean, it's not ambient music, but it, it's very subtle and minimal.
1: You know, Oh it, and it's,
0: spiritual, as you say.
1: He he he's a. Um, He's an extraordinary musician. Yeah. He's someone who's come along and uh, he sounds like nothing else. And he carried on doing that through throughout his career. Although he, he did work with bands and stuff, and I kind of think it diluted it a bit. And um but it, the albums were um it was just him with the, the Malumbo, um the drums and uh and just yeah, him on Malumbo the Malombo is
0: the name of the band that he's well yeah, I think it's probably
1: it's you know, him plus, you know, two, it's like the fall. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's yeah. the fall or something, you know, it's yeah. Marky Smith plus. Um, but on this one, it's just him playing with a guy called uh uh Gabriel Sonny Boy The Jane or something. I wouldn't quite know how to pronounce it. And and Gabriel is playing, or Gabriel is playing uh, the thumb piano, the Mabira, and he's just jamming along. Philip DeBane's just jamming along with the tin whistle and he's singing through it as well, so you've got that Mm -hmm. flute noise, that kind of... (laughs) And then halfway through, he puts the flute down and he just picks out some of his incredible guitar. And that's... He's just one of those guys who would start with a riff and just kind of running after it and then he would start singing along. So a lot of his uh, albums have got... I'm not going to say... I'm going to say scat, but I don't mean in the... I don't mean he's like going do yeah, but he's yeah. singing along in the, in that style Improvising, yeah yeah, 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 but yeah where he's he's uh, matching what he's playing on the guitar and it's just it sounds like nothing else and for me that's hugely valuable again you know going back to the source some of his uh, some of the stuff later on in his career when he's playing with bands as i said isn't really for me when it's the full band thing but uh well this
0: this track is called Ditha Beng or Dita Beng um, it's from an album called The Indigenous Afro Jazz Sounds of Philip Tabane or Philippe
1: Tabane yeah 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 um,
0: and Malombo is the band um it, it, to me uh, you know people might have their guards up if they if they hear avant-garde <gasps> yeah yeah, <gasps> yeah yeah scary yeah, yeah. this is something it, it is slightly avant-garde but it's something that you could put on and re- relax and lose yourself in. Oh yeah, my it's, kids it's not love it. Un, yeah, well, your kids
1: love it. Yeah, right? well, I mean, they don't leave the room when I put it on, which they, <laughs> they do with some other stuff. Yeah, know, well, so. fair enough, fair enough. Uh, now, that, it's an amazing album. I was very pleased to see it on Spotify. It's not my favorite album of his, but it's one of my favorite albums of his. Yeah. And uh, and he came to mind when I was when I was. Uh, and yeah. The reason, so why the this reason,
0: particular dram and this particular piece of music?
1: Because you enjoy drinking them and listening to them at the, the same time. S- the silence that Philip de uses in his, uh, in his music is, and, and Briggs too, is like a bridge. It's like, and the, the people who, uh, who um, uh, can make music like that where they uh, work, they use the silence and they're not scared of the silence. I think that's a, a great thing. You know, there's too much noise in music. And with this dram, there is that, it's so thick. There is that kind of bridge element to it it's just like it's all there, uh, and it, it it came to mind I mean i, I can 't really say why, but yeah. I, what have I written down? caramel, hints of peat, funnily enough, and thick and it just that 's what it came by but again, it's that thing I would love to be paired with uh, philip tobae if yeah. I, if yeah. I made a whiskey mean and this is a delicious he's an whiskey. as i said he's an extraordinary uh, musician and uh, and uh, this is a very good whiskey so now just you know I can put a wee talking, bit of uh, water in this I
0: I think I'm going to do the same it just caught the back of my throat a little bit there but in in a nice way in a fiery way um
1: you can, you've got the you mentioned in, you, you know. mentioned
0: Domino Records talking about your career I mean you've had an incredible career uh, forget the, the 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 bands that we were in although we did our best and some of the, we we wrote a couple of good tunes but you know you signed to Domino Records you put out your first album Moving Up Country 2001 and you've, there's ten official studio albums, countless EPs and singles and compilations and different kind of self-releases and things like that. But I think, there's, am I right, ten official studio albums now, under the James Yorkston
1: um, moniker? I, I think I'd have to count, to be honest. Right, I mean, okay. I mean <laughs> it, it's what... I've always thought an album is an album of songs, and I've definitely put out more than 10 albums of songs. Oh, yeah, I know yeah that, you know what I mean. So, I think
0: with Domino, that, as far as I know, whether it be, yeah, even, well,
1: let's say 10, I mean, I, I don't know, that's good. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, 10 yeah.
0: albums in 21 years isn't bad. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah, it's that's almost up with the fall who you mentioned. <laughs> um, you know, it's it, not some people put out, you know, four albums in. 21 years, you know,
1: and it's it's all about quantity and and not quality as well. As as you know, no, you know, Mike, when when, Vic, sorry, when we were, when we We should quick, quick disclaimer. We knew Uh, it was going to happen. This was going to happen. We discussed this in advance. Um,
0: Everyone knows me as Vic, Vic Galloway. Radio personality <laughs> and so on, uh, but um, my real name is Michael and James. We've known each other for a long time, so yeah, the occasional yeah. Mike slips out. So there yeah. you go. Just a, you heard one earlier as well. But anyway, go so on. So in the
1: tw- in our twenties, we were we were uh, in bands. Uh, we signed a couple of tiny wee record deals, or maybe just one tiny wee record deal. We did a bit of touring. We did some good shows, some terrible shows. We wrote some okay songs, a lot of terrible songs, songs, you know, that (laughs) sort of thing. But when I signed to Domino, the point of me saying all that is I was aware how valuable it was to have a record deal with a good record company because we, God knows, we had tried. Yeah, yeah. You know, we had sent stuff to Peel, Time and time and time again. I don't think he ever played us. He
0: played. He played Huckleberry one oh, of he? the later bands. Yeah, right. and as did Steve Lamack. Uh, oh, I
1: remember Steve Lamack. But uh, no, no disrespect to Steve, John Peel. You wanted John Peel? Yeah, to yeah, play. Yeah, yeah. You John Peel
0: he... played one one of the I think the the, the, the one of the first EP. But anyway, oh, yeah, yeah, okay. moving on, moving on. Okay. Because John, John Peel became a champion of yours. To, I mean, obviously, he sadly passed away, mm. uh, but. And on your first album, uh, he was he was a fan. And did he not refer to you as the the greatest singer songwriter of his generation, or yeah, some some, some
1: nonsense like that, which I've put on every or Domino press- put on every episodes, press release yeah. since. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you do when it's something like um, Peel. Um, well, we
0: grew up listening to him. Oh song. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. No, it's hugely important. And and his mu- the music. I think he was a the music that he played was hugely important in my musical education as well. because He would play
0: Bess Cronin. Or oh, he Fletcher would play Bann Philip or... Tobain,
1: yeah. He would play Ted Lucas probably, you know. Uh, and he played, he played me. I did a session for him, you know, which is ex- extraordinary, you know. And uh, so an important part. So what we'll be we discussing. So yeah, I signed to Domino. And the point was, I'm going to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to let the the time. The, the
0: what were the options though? It was going. I seem to remember you working in a bookshop or something around that time. Yeah, I was
1: working in a bookshop. I was working in the old James Thins, and uh, I just got uh, plucked from some kind of obscurity to do uh, a tour with John Martin, the thirty dates or thirty days or whatever it was. Some good stories about with that. John, John Martin, Martin's yeah, story. yeah, and. Um, Things I don't know, things seemed to be happening. It was it was a weird time. I got mixed up with some some people down in London who were who were very enthusiastic about my music. But I ended up signing to Domino because my lawyer when they saw the 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 other record company sent me a contract. My lawyer saw it and said that I wasn't allowed to sign it. It was such a bad contract that if I insisted on signing it he was gonna have to resign as my lawyer. Wow. You know. Yeah. So that's a bad contract. Yeah, no.
0: And when a lawyer says something like that, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah.
1: But yeah. you and I had been out watching uh, Future Pilot, aka. That I right? know.
0: Well, that's that's the night that you met Lawrence Bell, who runs Domino Records. We we went out on you know to watch some some bands and have a couple of beers, and Lawrence came along for a few beers afterwards. Yeah. yeah. I remember speaking to the Pastels, and they were like, "No, we're going back to Glasgow." And but yeah, like, yeah. this lanky bug went, "Yeah, I'll come for another beer." Yeah. yeah. And it was Lawrence and you guys. I distinctly remember, you hit it off. Lawrence and I talked about punk rock and we bonded over the Stupids and Switch yeah, bands like yeah, so that, yeah, yeah, yeah. bands. But you and he bonded over... American Best
1: hardcore B- and traditional folk yeah, music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And
0: <laughs> Bess Cronin <laughs> and, and, and Shirley Collins and Anne Briggs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah whatever, yeah. you know, they, he was discovering that world perhaps at yeah, some yeah. sort of time yeah, as yeah, you yeah.
1: were. Same age as us, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. I mean, I thought I was signing to the other record company at the time, so, so when he said, oh, i a record company, I'd never heard of them. I'd never heard of Domino, so it wasn't... And because I thought I was signing to this other company, I wasn't, like, on the... I wasn't treating him with any great... So, you know, we were just talking as, as uh, very enthusiastic people uh, with music, and I remember we went out drinking till three or four in the morning, um, drinking in the um, youth hostel somewhere, Playing songs on the piano, Aberfeldy, Let's the, give them a yeah, shout. The guy from Riley Aberfeldy Briggs was there, yeah, from yeah.
0: Aberfeldy was playing Neil Young songs and uh, Beatles. Of course, drink responsibly. Don't go out till three or four in the morning, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you know, go to strange youth hostels. But uh, it did happen that night.
1: But he, uh, I didn't think I'd see him again. We exchanged addresses. I didn't think I'd see him again. But like maybe a week later, I got a small crate of CDs. I was skint at the time, completely skint, and I love music. So this crate of CDs coming in my door, it was just, oh, my Lord, look at this. And there was stuff on it like Paparam and Fortet, uh, which was just absolutely right up my street, you know. So I sent him back down a CD, to say thanks, I sent him back down a CD... Of the Fence Collective, who we been talking about. So it had King Caruso, um HMS Jennifer, Unpok, uh Lone Pigeon. And then at the end, I put four of my songs at the end. And uh, he just got in touch and said, Is that you singing at the end? I said, w- w- Which one? He said, Is it The Lang Tune. I said, Yeah, that's me. And he said, Oh my God, do you want to sign a Domino Regular? Yeah, it's my favourite one on the cover. And I was like, Well, no, I'm signing to these other people. But then, my lawyer rang up and said, um, I can't have you signing for these, this first record company because the contract's so bad. And he could hear the deflation in my voice. You know, this was end of my 20s, all, all my 20s looking for a record deal, and he was one getting taken away from me. And he said out of, you know, some kind of forlorn hope, is there anyone else who's shown any interest? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, there was this label actually called Domino Records.
0: And he was like, "Yeah." And they're he was
1: great. like, yeah. "What are we doing? Wasting our time talking to these idiots? Mm. Get on the phone to Domino see if they still want you." So I wrote Dom, uh, I wrote Lawrence a very apologetic email. Hey, man, you know actually maybe I do want <laughs> to. My lawyer says that you're the you're the guy. You know that you're the la- label for me, and and uh, you know, and I'm wondering if you still want to chat. And uh, he came up like two days later, met me in a bar. Pivo actually I don't know if Pivo still exists in Edinburgh and uh, it's called
0: something else now Bunker
1: Bunker and uh, then I told him what I wanted to do which was make music and then uh, he came back later that week to see us play in the jazz bar I don't remember what it's called now the Queen Street Oyster Bar it was yeah and uh I,
0: I i came to the show i remember um and a bit, there weren't that m- many people there it was a little showcase for him really yeah yeah, yeah yeah and you signed good and played well and yeah he signed you off yeah and he signed home.
1: us and we had the contract on the table the following 21 Tuesday.
0: years later 10 albums later um to move the podcast along so it's not too much of an epic and i feel slightly ashamed look look at your glasses Uh, having sips and and being very responsible. Yeah, I'll tell you. I'm about to finish dram number three. But let me tell you. As our listeners and viewers will always know, I tend to drink all the drams, but I think I'm going to do the same in this (laughs) podcast. (laughs) You're going to have to carry me out the room, James. No. um, With the
1: exception of uh, the COVID years, the last 20 years, 21 years of my life, have been spent touring. So, Hmm. and when you're on the road, there's, you, you can drink every single night. Yeah, and um, no one looks at you in a funny way. Yeah, of course. You know, you get off stage. Is there any
0: other um, occupation other than the music industry where you're actively encouraged? There's a large bottle of whiskey. Yeah, well,
1: that was it. We had we used to have whiskey on our rider. You know, we used to have uh, just the usual names. A bottle of whiskey. Talisker was one that I always used to ask for, but we also had Bowmore, um, Lagavulin. Obviously, that we never got. That um, uh, what else? Balvenie. We had. You know, just kind of a mixture of uh, nice supermarket whiskies, you know. And uh, so I've drank a lot of whiskey in my life and I have a lot of opportunities to drink whiskey. So although I'm very happy to be here and and sipping these wonderful drinks, I don't really feel the need to get completely Fair enough. (laughs)
0: As as I say, this is not some kind of competition. To me, uh, a curious concertination... Uh, was the finest ram so far. I mean, they're all completely different. Uh, But I tend to be sort of attracted towards the deep, rich and dried fruits profile. And that was a great example.
1: Yeah, that that. was was a very nice one for me. It wasn't the most subtle of them, but that's not a bad thing, as I said earlier. It's one you'd kind of give to people... If you're presenting Scotland Blowing someone's mind. Say, hey, taste this, man. Just l- taste this. And no. even
0: after a water palate cleanser, I'm still feeling it coating my mouth. Yeah, That's yeah, delicious. yeah. I mean, I'd,
1: I'd very, very happily give a bottle of that to anyone. I'd yeah. be very proud yeah. to be coming okay. over. Okay,
0: moving on to dram number four with James Yorkson here on Molten Music. We've got Tar in the Night, which is 16.50... Some tasting notes here. Through the darkness came a thick treacle of golden syrup, nut oils, and heavy tar. Stuck on Wellington boots alongside clumps of clean earth that suggested rhubarb and roasted root vegetables. There you go. A couple of bases covered there. It's a re hogshead cask. Uh, only six years old, this one. Very high alcohol content, so I may not finish it. Famous last words. Um, 64.1% and it's a Highland Southern uh, regional peated whiskey. Peated is the profile. I would assume that when you
1: tried all these drams, this might have been your favourite. It was my favourite, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Straight away, it was my favourite. I thought this was uh, an extraordinary whiskey. Mm-hmm. I thought it's a whiskey that um, kept on giving. Mm-hmm. The one before, um, as we've said, I loved it. Not a problem with it whatsoever but this one is so much subtler and um so much more subtle and the uh different flavors just pinged out mm-hmm. as I was, as I was drinking it it's uh yeah this is a beautiful very delicious and light whiskey it's funny i have medicinal and tcp and uh and uh it was just uh, but it's way more than that. There's way more flowers and, as you, I think you said, fruits in there as well. It, it's all over the place, this one, in a good way. You know, this is like looking over a calm sea and you're seeing the dolphins and you're seeing, you're seeing the seabirds and there's little things just poking out. You know, this is obviously pretentious nonsense I'm talking about. Oh, no, we but, like pretentious nonsense. But this is, this is it. You know, it, it's, a very, uh, it's a very subtle, it's a so lovely Lovely drink. Enjoy.
0: Yeah, slange. Oh, here we go. First, nose and taste. Yeah, I mean, the peat straight away. I mean, there's even on the nose, I've not even taken a sip yet. And it's, it's. I mean, it's peated, but certainly yeah. on the nose, it could be heavily peated. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But yeah. I'm, I'm going in, and 64%.
1: Yeah, no, you can tell. You, it, it,
0: oh. oh, hello. That's the chef's next door uh, banging on the walls. If anyone's wondering what that... Uh, it's not... It could actually be someone saying, hurry up and finish this yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs>
1: Those tables are booked.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay, let, let me... Oh, the nose is incredible. It's salty. It's... No, right, okay. Wow. Actually, as someone that's, you know, drunk a lot of peated whiskey, there's a sweetness to it as well. Yeah,
1: yeah, and that's really good. I remember, actually, from drinking this, that... It, I actually preferred it with a wee bit of water in as well, so yeah. I'm just going to put a wee bit of water in.
0: I'm going to keep the water out just now, which but is I mean. my want.
1: By the way, with the whiskey, I do you tend to have water or yeah. ice, uh, ice in it. I know people say it's not allowed and stuff, but no, no, no.
0: But, uh, but Each to their own. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is the thing: it's it's kind of you just you discover music in any way, shape, or form that you can do. And same with whiskey, I think. If someone wants to stick a couple of ice cubes in, that's up to them.
1: Oh yeah, no, you should definitely put some water in. It opens it out. Yeah, it's um, yeah. No, this is a this is a lovely, warming, subtle. I know it's got the fire in it. I know it's got the 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 peat, but especially when you put some water in, it's it's just, uh, yeah. Oh wow, there's a great aftertaste as well, right at the very back. Which, tar
0: yeah. in the night is quite a good tar title. in the night.
1: Uh, you know, I I have to say, I, I kind of uh, I would argue with that. Uh, I love these descriptions, and I, f- I feel that they're written on some kind of... Uh, um,
0: people are having a lot of fun. They're yeah, pl- people are having fun, and there playful. probably
1: is. There must be an app that somebody has made, which is a... a <laughs> whiskey description yeah, yeah, app. Generic whiskey uh, description. I'm not entirely sure if they're on the nail with this one. For me, this is a lot lighter, and it's got it does have a tiny wee bit of vanilla there as well. And, well, as, uh, I was
0: saying I think it's sweet for a peated whiskey. Yeah, yeah. You don't tend to get sweetness from a peated whiskey, but this has got a And peated. this is floral as well. It's
1: it's a This this is a lovely whiskey. This is um probably um probably my favorite of of the four. Yeah,
0: I thought it might be. Um it's it's extraordinary. But I I, I I've, I've
1: I've I've enjoyed them all. I know I haven't finished them, but I've I've enjoyed them all.
0: No, well, I mean, you, this is your second tasting of all of them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, no, it is, yeah. Yeah, And I and, enjoyed uh, them more
1: thoroughly the first time around as well.
0: You've, you've paired this one with a current artist, Susan Bear, and the track is M6. It's taken from her new album, Alter, which is released on the Lost Map label, which is a label run from the Isle of Egg. We can maybe go into a little bit more detail. But she's a Glasgow-based musician. She, I think she currently plays bass with the Pastels, um, she also plays in the Pictish Trail live band. She's played with Martha Fion and all sorts of different people. Very talented uh, young woman who uh, used to play with Tough Love, I remember as well.
1: I keep an eye on what's going on with Lost Map. I think uh, Johnny's got a, Johnny Pictish Trail has, has got a very interesting taste. He's a lot more, he's a lot poppier than most of the music I, I listen to. But there's always, when my friend uh, Unpock, Uh, signed to Domino when his album got so heroically reviewed over in Scandinavia the main review came and it said the first line was I've reviewed too many albums this week and my ears are tired but this is on Domino and it's a sign of quality and that's kind of how I feel about the Lost Map stuff it's not really a lot of it really isn't up my street it's a lot more poppy but there's always something there there's a sign of quality and sometimes he just gets it absolutely right and I'm not saying that he had anything to do with this record, I've no idea if he did. But the Suze Bear record, the Susan Bear record is, I think, a very in these times a kind of unique bubbling little pop record. Mm-hmm. There's no huge melodies on there, there's no screaming for radio play. There's no um, there's no uh, um, there's nothing show-offy about it. It's
0: it's like a it's quite dreamy it's quite ethereal it's quite yeah, yeah, easy yeah, yeah. but I, you say there's there's nothing offy about it you're right but there are really strong melodies oh in.
1: yeah yeah but I mean I mean there's 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 not like a, a, an angels chorus you know a Robbie Williams kind of big ta-da! yeah no no you know it it sounds to me I
0: I love her. Chord changes and her way with melody. I have to say, I think the the throughout this album and previous things I've heard, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there, there's something you know particularly melodic. Yeah, you know, yeah, Because she plays with so many other people, yeah, perhaps, yeah, yeah. and she's a become well, an exquisite songwriter yeah, yeah, in yeah, her right, own way. Yeah. You know.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, the, in this song, there's the ooh, 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 ooh but which is which is I'm a sucker for. You know mm-hmm. that sort of thing, but. What I was going to say before that bit is I love people who are doing music for music's sake and uh, they concentrate on the beauty of the music. And that sounds to me... This album sounds like that to me. I mean, I could be wrong. This could be her really shooting for the stars and making the poppiest record she's capable of. And really, this is going to be a hit. Elton John's going to take... Because this is what she sounds like. (laughs) Elton John's going to take it off. But uh, I don't think it is. I think that... um, um, uh made an album for the sake of the beauty of the music and that for me is hugely important. As a, as a music fan, when listening to a music, the integrity behind the album or the, the track is important for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I appreciate just a really well-written pop song, you know, Erasure, Pet Shop Boys, Soft Cell, anything like that, you know, I really appreciate it. Uh, Paul McCartney, anything like that. But I also love people who are doing music because they love music. That's hugely valuable for me. And that's what I think uh, the Susan Baer album is. I think it's one of those, uh, it's been made for the sake of the music.
0: Yeah, uh, well, I, I enjoy this album as well, and playing tracks on my radio show as, as, uh, as a result of it. It is kind of, it sounds a bit effortless, actually. I'm sure she'd be delighted you know to hear that, but it does sound effortless, and it doesn't sound like it's trying too hard. Yeah, it's like and the it Ted Lucas.
1: It's like the Ted Lucas album. Yeah, I, 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 see, I see what you mean. I sounding mean, effortless. sonically,
0: it sounds quite different, but it's it's there's something very natural and effortless yeah. about it. Yeah.
1: But I effortless think doesn't mean that they haven't put any effort into it. No, certainly not. I mean, it's it's the ideal sound. You want it to sound relaxed, and I mean, you don't. I mean, there's another person I know whose music I absolutely adore. Whose first album I absolutely adore, and their second album came out recently. And it just sounds as though they've sat in front of the computer for too long, tweaking things. So instead of the kind of lovely relaxed feeling that you get with the Susan Bower album, where you just think, "Oh, this is perfect. I don't have to worry about this album," um, you get the kind of feeling, "Oh, why did they do that? Oh, why did they do that?" You know,
0: they've they fine tuned. Yeah, they the try
1: to get the you know to take their music to the next level, um, which is radio land for most people. Um, but I don't get that at all from this record and uh, and as I said that's value, very valuable to me and that works with this whiskey because this whiskey for me is it's although it's peaty and it does sound a bit weird me putting it in this context it does have a kind of well here I am quality about it which uh, again you know it, it's it's the best thing you know when you come across anything a book or a, a drink or music anything which is a uh, just presenting itself, and you know you can trust it. Um, that's a, a great thing, you know. To well, it's a, great, it's
0: a great soundtrack to any any dram, but particularly this one. Uh, you mentioned books. Um, you, as well as being a recording artist and having these ten or so albums behind you, you also play in a trio, Yorks and Thorn Can, yeah, which yeah. more recently was Yorks and Thorn yeah, yeah, yeah. Um which is a, another, you know, perhaps you know exploring your interest in music from different parts of the world in this case India but you're a published author now you've had a tour diaries book published uh, and then a first novel three craws and then just about possibly by the time this podcast goes out new novel um called the book of the gales yeah yeah. so tell us about the, the going into writing and being a novelist I mean, you know, your love of words, your love of creating things.
1: Yeah, words, words is a, a good thing, but I, uh, it's more about, um, you know, where you and I. You're almost fifty. I'm fifty. Mm-hmm. If I can get to retirement age doing nothing but art, music, and literature and stuff, I'm going to be over the moon. Yeah. You know, if I can say, "Oh, well, this is what I've chosen to do with my life." I've chosen, Okay, a lot of it is hard work, you know, touring, um, airports, organizing all this sort of stuff. A lot of it is hard work. I'm not going to pretend it's easy. But if I can get to the end of my life, having spent most of it with art, I think that is going to be something I can stand up to. On Mm -hmm. my deathbed, stand up, deathbed. I don't know if that's going to work. Lie down to, lie down to, lay in the grave
0: and look up at.
1: But creating is depression is a horrible thing, as I'm sure you're aware. Creating is something that just takes me far away from it, and it 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 leads me to a very. uh, I just feel as if I'm me. Writing books, I wrote books in my twenties, they were awful, like the worst things. They were as bad as the songs that we wrote in our twenties, yeah. if you can imagine. I've oh, never you know. read any no, of them. No, no, so no, no, I can't no, no. comment. No, no, but I mean I never really finished any of them. But uh, writing is just such a wonderful headspace to get into. And from a creative point of view, if you've got the two things going on at once, if you've got the music going on and a book or a screenplay, you know, uh, it's creatively they they match each other. And they work really well. So if I'm, if imagine, imagine if you will, I have to write some songs for an album, mm-hmm. and I go down to my studio and I look through my notes, and there's nothing which is really inspiring me, but then I remember I'm halfway through a novel, and I say, oh well, I can just go into the novel and just flood the prose out, and it's a it's a great thing to to be able to. So sometimes
0: one part of your brain, sometimes one part of your brain might be. I have I have some melodies here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can I can you know jam on a little melody on my own. And sometimes it's like, yeah, it's not really happening. But I've got words. Yeah, let me yeah, let yeah. me sit and type or yeah, yeah. Type, scribble or whatever. It just
1: gives you another somewhere else to go as a path of least resistance. Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to do with my life. I know it sounds really pretentious saying that, but it it comes down to the thing. we so most of us in this country are so lucky that we have things like. What's left of the NHS and things that we can, we we do have the option to try and make a living out of art if that's what if that's what one is into, and I think when you see that the people who are trying to get into this country, you know, you see these poor refugees and uh, risking their lives to get here. If I wasn't going to do music or art or whatever because. Well, I was a wee bit worried about the, what the review was going to say. I think yeah. it'd just be an insult to all those guys, and guys yeah. you yeah. know, and all the people a, who were that's taken a, away and that's a great point. conscripted into war. You know, if you look back into the First World War, the Second World War, and the conscriptions that took place, I wouldn't have wanted to go to war. You know, so there's a part of me that thinks I'm doing this to. Because I have the op- I have the option, and the book. Is I'm going to
0: put it on the records. Uh, we are pretty much the luckiest people that have lived in the history of humanity, and um, you know,
1: what well, you yeah. and I personally.
0: Well, perhaps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're, well, I mean, cer- we're certainly two of. Yeah, two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, we're lucky to be able to. You know, make art, and, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, and sit not here drinking cons- whiskey. Yeah, conscripted yeah. and sit here drinking whiskey. Not being conscripted
1: is a is a hugely important thing, and I think it's it's all it, part of that for me is not wasting one's life, and for me doing art and music is the thing that makes me feel as though I'm not wasting my life you know
0: well James I think that's a fine way to end today's podcast Uh, Malts and Music with James Yorkson thank you very much brought to you by the Scotch Malt Whiskey Society with this lovely tar in the night 1650
1: Uh, extraordinary whiskey and I'm glad you left it to last oh
0: pal it's great chatting to you and uh, slangeva and uh, thanks for watching or listening